Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt. Hello, Andrew. Happy New Year. Welcome once again in 2022 to Tax Justice Warriors. I am William Schmidt, the clinic director at Legal Aid Western Missouri. Andrew Belter, clinic director at Wisconsin Judicare. Well, very nice. Good good to see you once again as we start this year. And we were going to talk through what we think will happen in 2022 with the IRS for the tax season and any other thoughts we might have about taxes, and then get into what we might do personally in the year, what goals we might be setting, and you know, and any any other thoughts we have for the coming year. So kind of we just did our reflection time for 2021. So now we're we're looking ahead with gazing into a crystal ball and, and seeing just what thoughts or suggestions or or hopes we have have for the coming year. Like, yeah, and in the past, I've kind of done like what I hope will happen. And, you know, certainly what what we expect will happen. I'm I'm sure that will come up in the in the discussion. So I'll I'll turn it over to you, Andrew. Yeah, we we actually started the morning out with hearing from IRS stakeholder liaisons. And I think we're going to just give a few updates from that. And I think that will help us frame what we're expecting for the tax season. So what are some pieces you wanted to bring up, Andrew? First, they do not know when they're going to open the acceptance lines for the IRS individual tax returns. I don't even know if they, they gave a date when they should know but I know some clients of mine have been wondering, when can I file my taxes? When can I start submitting things? And sounds like it, not yet, but later in January, hopefully. Yeah, I, th- I think I had heard from another presentation, like they were talking about mid-January, I thought. But, you know, one one would think there would be some some communicating about it if if it's just around the corner, basically. But that that can kind of be how the IRS works sometimes where they've got something in the works and, and they're not going to discuss it until it's out or or coming out soon. So but yeah, business tax return filing they were saying started well at this at this point that's going to be tomorrow, January seven, but when the episode goes up, that that will have happened already. So business tax return filing. Is starting at the beginning of the month, but you know we we have some projections, but don't have any idea about individual tax filing. One other thing that I think is important to know is if your 2020 return is not processed yet, and you try and file online, ask you for last year's AGI. They said put zero. Don't put what is on your return because it's not done processing yet. So it won't match up. Yeah, that's interesting that, I mean, I, it's funny the different workarounds when, when things aren't fully processed, that it's like, on the one hand, are, are we giving something accurate to the IRS? But, but on the other, it's like, 
okay, this is what we have to do if if the IRS hasn't fully processed things. Yeah. Yeah. The the other suggestion that that I noticed was certainly the the IRS is sending out information letters regarding the third economic impact payment or stimulus payment, and then the advanced child tax credit payments. So I believe it's letter 6419 for the advanced child tax credit payments. But certainly what if the IRS is saying you have received an amount or should have received an amount and the taxpayer has a different number in their head about what they should have received or what they think they should have received, certainly. Well, one stakeholder liaison was saying to go to the Taxpayer Assistance Center to resolve things or at least discuss with an IRS person. So I don't know if that will resolve things, but it is one way to open communication with the IRS. So I'm throwing that out there. So Bill, talking about what you think is going to happen this upcoming year, how do you think it's going to go with reconciling the advanced child tax credit? I mean, I, I think it's going to be just as messy as the last tax season that, I mean, for, for some people, it will flow wonderfully, but for other people, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are still people trying to resolve things from last tax season. So I am I am predicting that that it will be a, a mixed bag, but, but just as messy for some in the next tax season. So that's, that's my prediction. I agree. Because <laughs> I, I imagine that there's a lot of um, misdirected advanced child tax credits for divorced couples. And those aren't going to get, pro I imagine those tax returns aren't going to get processed seamlessly. There's going to be a, need a manual review of those. Uh, even married filing separately tax returns, I think that might cause a problem with the child tax credit. Or, that, or people who just didn't get it. And for some reason, the payments weren't returned to the IRS. So it doesn't, so there's a mismatch of the numbers. Yeah, I, I think there are so many domestic situations where, where some people received it when they shouldn't. And maybe it got fixed during, during 2021. Maybe it didn't. And then trying to resolve it this year on the tax return. I'm... I'm predicting a mess, but you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and because and then people still need to reconcile or claim their third stimulus payment on these returns, which is gonna be a whole nother issue where the IRS might need to manually review and slow up the process. Yeah, I mean, I I think at least you've you've identified what is going to be unique about this this upcoming filing season you know unless unless there are any tax law changes in the next couple months but you know hopefully that is the only big wave that happened but i'm pretty sure the unemployment reconciliation last year came during the tax season so you know, you, you never know what what curveballs Congress will will throw us that you know will will cause more havoc for for tax preparers. So hopefully we don't have anything more on the horizon, but 
I'm sure what we do have will, will be bumps in the road. Yes, and 2020 tax returns aren't completely processed either. Yeah, that's that brings up kind of kind of the second piece that that I was going to reflect on what the IRS over the coming year is kind of our prediction for tax return processing in the year. And while while I did hear one of the IRS chiefs like making making some kind of promise about getting caught up before this coming tax season starts. I really don't think, I mean, they, they aren't transparent enough to know like where, where things are at with, with tax return processing. But as far as I know, they're, they're not going to have enough improvements that, you know, now there's, there's going to be a whole new set of tax returns coming in. Yeah, there's a lot. And then the amended return, 2020 amended returns. I know I have clients still wait on their 2019 returns to be processed. I'm sure they're not going to get to those until they're done with the 2020. Who knows if you if you file a 2016 or 2017 to try and get a client in filing compliance, who knows when they're going to get to those ones? Because I'm sure those are not priority. Yeah. I mean, I, I would assume for different, some of the different tax years, like, like say 2020, I would have thought there would be some kind of first in first out kind of process, but I don't know. We, we don't really know enough that it just seems to be that, that people submit them and they just sit there and, and tell you, here's something. So in the meantime, you've, we've got clients that, that get frustrated and they want us to do something about it. And I don't really know how we can do anything because it's, you know, how, how can we speed things up within the IRS? I'm, I'm all ears if, if there's some kind of magic thing we can do. So for LITC related news, do you know, is there going to be a safe harbor for preparing 2021 taxes this year? Like there was last year, uh, not not that I have heard. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily out of the question that you know, since since some things are kind of repeating from last year, that that maybe we could repeat that again this year. But I'm I'm not in the know to to say yes or no whether whether that's on the table or not. So I mean, sometimes they can be a little conservative about what clinics are allowed to do with tax preparation. So I, I could frankly see it going either way on, on what we're allowed to do. Because I don't know if it, I don't know if it really helps some of my clients because I said I had to mail in tax returns and those aren't processed yet. So I, I know personally, I'm definitely going to try and send them to Vita clinics and say, try and get them to do it online for you to, to have a, process faster because I'm going to mail it in and it's not going to get processed for months. Yeah. And I mean, hypothetically, if I could, <laughs> if, if we were even allowed to prepare taxes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, I will say for me, I mean, with, with one attorney leaving and I, I kind of absorbed her tax cases. And so our clinic is is with me, a paralegal, and 
to volunteers that I, I just don't see that we have the resources to do too much extra tax preparation in addition to the controversy work. So, you know, even if the door is open for, for us to do it, I don't, I don't know that we're going to take on too terribly much. Yeah. So, okay. Other big questions. Uh -huh. What's going to happen with the other departments of the IRS, like the offering compromise unit? They haven't been the quickest, uh, different things like that. I, I, I don't know if I see it really improving. Yeah, I mean, that pre-pandemic, I would be telling clients about the, what was it 10-month wait? Oh, uh, yeah, for innocent spouse, the 10-month wait or or telling them like like six months for an offer and compromise. And, you know, they'll they'll give me a shocked look and and I'm like, well, I mean, that's that's how the IRS operates. They're they're backed up that much. And since then, I've been saying, well, those were pre-pandemic waiting times. I don't know how backed up they are. And so it's my assumption that they don't have any special fix that is speeding things up for them. So I am I'm just figuring that their processing time is is getting larger and larger for for the different departments. So that's that's my my prediction for the coming year there. Yes. And same with appeals, I think. I know some different appeal cases of mine have been very, very slow. But it's understandable. They can't put resources towards these departments right now. They have to put resources towards processing tax returns and also probably answering phones is on their priority. Yeah, which which was one of my my topics to to discuss too. Communications, or I mean, bottom line, the phones, or, or I mean. Some of that we've we've discussed about about the taxpayer advocate service, but I I don't know that I see anything changing for I mean they there has been some some discussion from from chiefs about hiring more more staff for answering phones, but I mean I'm maybe I'm too cynical, but I'm I'm kind of guessing that's a drop in the bucket for what they need. So, I mean, again, my, my prediction is that, I mean, things seem bad with the IRS and phones, and I'm, I'm guessing they're not going to get much better in the coming year. I will say, I found out that, at least for tax, the Taxpayer Advocate Service, for advocates, they took two, three months to train because they had to learn how to code on the IRS system, and they actually had to use the backslash, you know, home to go to a home page it wasn't like uh, a windows computer where you just clicked on buttons so i imagine that's across the board that it, it takes you can't just hire someone to come answer phones they have to know how to look things up on the irs system maybe they hired a whole bunch of people already and they're just finishing up training my the local taxpayer advocate uh, service office, getting two or three new people done with training here soon. I don't know if that's across the board where a lot of people are coming out of training, but 
I have my fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm maybe I'm too negative, but part of it, it's like, well, it can't get much worse. So, oh, don't <laughs> um, say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I, I don't want to open any doors to to anything like that. But I, I will say, like, the times where you can put in a a callback number and and the the system allows a contact like that i think that has been very very useful so so that's helped at different times with with the irs calls but i mean i don't know i i think as another thing it would be lovely if the irs got got as much funding as they needed for computer upgrades and you know, an, an IT overhaul or or whatever it is that they need. But again, I'm 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 not too I'm not exactly holding my breath for enough funding for the IRS in the coming year. So you're not making that prediction. Yeah, yeah. I'm I would more predict that they don't get enough funding, but you know I don't think they're ever gonna be able to rehaul their technology, to be honest. Yeah. Because everything's already so ingrained, all the old terrible technology i guess i guess my opinion is that they should just replace certain systems but i mean again i don't i have no idea the cost in technology and manpower to get there so who knows what will ever happen but i mean if yeah. if they're not if not they're not getting enough funding there needs to be some kind of working way to be 21st century with with the technology that that they need to they need to upgrade somehow with with what they've got yeah 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 so and yeah i i didn't know i have no idea if there are any changes with the missouri department of revenue but so again i don't know with the state taxes or or anything but Overall, my my kind of thoughts are I, I see things generally the same in the coming year as last year, and hopefully things will there will be some improvements, but I'm I'm not expecting a lot. So you probably know better than me. I think I heard it from you that they were thinking about doing the advanced child tax credit every year. Well, I mean, there there are certainly proponents of that, and there there are some people in Congress who who would push for that. But I think there are also opponents in Congress who who don't who don't want it. So I I think it could go either way there as well. That some people would love it if if there was an advanced child tax credit made permanent, and I mean, other people it's like. You know, know why why spend those resources when people can just get them on their with their tax refund. So yeah, I, I don't have any inside knowledge. I just I just know that there are some people who are very supportive of it. But is it yeah, I think I'd heard in the build back better plan that they were trying to to include that in there, but I'm I have not watch too closely what is happening in congress so i i have no idea okay close that is to to passing so my prediction is it does not yeah i i i would agree but i i think out of out of the things we discussed 
that is what I would think has the the largest chance of changing in the coming year. Okay. No, that yeah, I, I would agree with that because some of this other stuff is, yeah, like all of a sudden the IRS having enough manpower to get through all the returns. That's yeah, not likely, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, those those were the things I wanted to review for like our our predictions for the coming year or or kind of our our outlook for the year. So in, unless you have more to add, I was going to, to look to like, just talking about like personal goals or, or what for the year. Let's go to goals. Okay. Let's hear them. Yeah. That for one thing, I mean, this, this is kind of a bookend episode to our last one. So you did bring up the topic then of outreach for, for our clinics. So I will I was kind of going on record then, and I will now, that I want to do more than last year. That is definitely a goal. I will admit it is a bit of a weakness of mine that that it is easy for me to focus on what cases we have or what's currently happening rather than, than scheduling outreach. But, I mean, some of it, too, is... I, I like to piggyback off of other things that are happening. And what I'm hearing is that the the IRS is only allowing travel in in approved circumstances. And and so they're not they're not holding as many extra events as they were before the pandemic. So there there isn't as much to to join in with. When I mean I, I haven't really been contacted by by a lot regarding outreach. It's mostly people in the community wanting to reach the public or or looking at low income people or or something that is just really general and and not not connected with taxes. So you know certainly if if you get people looking for something from legal aid, then. Yes, you can give them a brochure and talk about what services we offer, but most of the time taxes are not on their mind when they're when they're walking up to a table at, at a general resource fair or or something that's that's going on. So I I will admit I want to do more next year, but I, I don't know how creative I'm going this to year. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this this year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how, how creative I'm going to be and, you know, just, just what exactly we're going to do. I mean, frankly, with the, the pandemic has, has been up and down. So now it seems like, like people are more hesitant about gathering. So I, I just don't know. So that's, that's one goal of mine. We did tease a tiny bit with Keith Fogg retiring. I have not brought this up to him, but I would like for getting an interview for him on on the podcast before he retires, just doing a little bit of a a talk about his career, see if he has any special plans in retirement, different different things like that. But I I think it's fair to say that he is a little bit of a, a Partly a mentor, but but partly a he sets high benchmarks for how to be in the 
in the LITC field, that he is very productive. He's very smart. He does a, a high amount of research and he publishes articles. He, they do procedurally taxing every workday and he's, he's very prolific there, presents at conferences. Plus, I don't know how, how busy he is at the university he works at, but running a clinic, teaching. I think he was in, in, involved not just in running a clinic, but in, in charge of like, like a, a director of clinical studies for, for Harvard. So, so not just tax clinic work, but, but yeah. And then w within the ABA, he, he, he was involved with the publications committee and just, just very involved with the different committees. So I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of, of what Keith Fogg does. So I would love to do an interview with him and, and get more feedback and just, just share, you know, I'm sure he would share some of his insights and would be glad to present that on the podcast during the year. I would love to interview more people, but he is the only one I'm focused on for 2022. Let's see what... It might be cool to get someone from the LITC office to talk about tips and strategies they like to see from clinics. I think that might be a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. One of, one of the other kind of a minor goal of mine is I'm, I'm just keeping better track of some deadlines on cases that I've noticed when I started this position that people would contact me about filing the petition for tax court. And that's a 90 day deadline. And I just want to file earlier than, than we have, like within a matter of weeks that it seems like, like the, these last two I filed, we were quite close to the deadline. So I want to get, get a lot faster within the clinic about getting those filed rather than more last minute, like we have been. But also, I was just going to say, like, I feel like I do have a decent amount on my plate as both clinic director and supervisor for the consumer team. So I'm not going to take on too much new. I'm, yeah, I'm also with the Kansas City Metropolitan Bar Association, the co-chair of their tax law committee. So be, between those different things, I just want to keep juggling everything and maintain what I'm doing and not, not add to my plate in the, in the coming year. I, I just want, I want to focus as a supervisor and just get better at juggling everything in, in the next year. So I am, I'm not wanting to add to my plate as, as I go. So what, what are some of your goals or, or thoughts for the year, Andrew? I guess uh, dovetailing off of what you said, where you don't want to put too much on your plate. I just want to say, I think that's very important. I, I've talked about it in the past about work-life balance, making sure work isn't everything you do, making sure you take time away, take breaks. So one of my goals is to maintain a healthy work-life balance because on my work, will be 
much better. I'll be more productive, more efficient. And sometimes it's not always about cranking out 50, 60 hour weeks. That's not always the most efficient way to do it. Sometimes it's about taking a step back and enjoying life and then getting back into work. So I'm glad you brought that up, being aware that it's not always the best to take too much on. But in regards to what I do want to take on, I need to get better at education events. Facebook Live is going to be on my to-do list, education events. LITC conference really inspired me to try and do more education events that way, because like you said, it's so easy to rely on other organizations getting together for these outreach education events. And then during the pandemic, it all dried up. So then I know I was left out in the, the blue and didn't have as many education events as I wanted. So Facebook Live, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I think it should go well. My organization is very supportive of the idea. Different attorneys in my organization love the idea and would join in with me. Then I do want to increase our volunteer roster. It's a little difficult, but I've already improved it since I haven't even worked here a year and it's already improving. And I think it is important. It makes the budgeting a lot easier on my boss. Probably, I'm not sure what other goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I was had just been thinking, kind of, yeah, reflecting on on what changes or or whatever I need to do in the coming year. So yeah, I'm I'm not not trying to to commit you to anything or or what, but I mean, I I think that's fair and. You know, like, I feel like, like I'm missing something though. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's stuff that, because I know there's been some broader overarching things that I've wanted to do, especially with regards to the state of Wisconsin. I'm involved with the Wisconsin Bar uh, Tax Section. I'm a board member. And we've always discussed trying to make some changes with how the state audits, things like that. And that would be good to get going in 2022, especially as it relates to low-income individuals, because I'm sure like most states, Wisconsin can be a little brutal for low-income individuals. That would be wonderful to try and make it a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to talk further with Missouri about their offers and compromise that I, I think they want a higher percentage of of what a taxpayer owes than than Kansas does. So I would love to have that dialogue with them, but I'm not making that an official goal for 2022 because I mean that that's that's a long-term piece. And part of it too, I need to build up contacts within the Missouri Department of Revenue. And and some of it too, I think they are probably more based around the state capital. So I don't know that I'm nearly as much going to be coming in contact with them locally. So yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be a matter of building those contacts up and and growing 
growing relations with them before I, I feel like I can broach changing things for low-income taxpayers. But if the opportunity comes up in the next year, that that would be wonderful. But that's more of a uh, three-year goal or something. <laughs> a three-year goal, I like it. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think we've covered everything I need to, um, everything I, I brought to the table and was was wanting to discuss. So anything more that, that you have, Andrew, or? I guess I'm thinking about the goals more now and just strengthen the clinic. I, I really don't want to take on too much. Like you said, I think that's why I got caught up there where improving education seems like such a daunting task for me because I'm not good at it. That that alone by the end of the year, I think would be a success for me. And same with volunteer recruiting. I'm really not great at it. It's difficult for me to get the motivation to reach out to people and then train. Sometimes they need training. Sometimes they need me to explain why it's important. And then I, then you have to find a case for them. And just the whole process is, is hard for me. So those two things alone are pretty stressful for me. And But they're essential for a strong clinic. And that's my goal in 2022 to just strengthen the tax clinic. And I'm going to start with maintaining the casework and trying to improve education and volunteer. Yeah, that's that's part of it. Like we have a healthy caseload or, or I have a healthy caseload within the tax clinic. So juggling our resources to make sure that clients are getting enough attention I think is going to be enough of a challenge for me in the coming year. So I'm I'm not trying to be not going to get too creative in in what goals I I set for the year. I I, I think part of it it's just like okay with within within the framework at my new employer, how can I give enough attention to to all the cases that I need to? I mean that's that's going to be a focus for me in the year of of just like doing enough good work, I, I think we'll, I mean, that's certainly enough of a challenge for, for clinic directors. So, you know, I'm, I'm not an advocate for adding goals just to add goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's it for me. Okay. That's great that we, we have our goals for, for 2022 and hopefully it will be a, a wonderful new year. It's, it's been good to see you. And I hope all of our listeners have a wonderful tax season coming up and we will check in at the end of the year to see how we've done with those goals and what changed during the year. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. 
Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.